Are you currently enjoying the show on the Stitcher app? Then you need to know Stitcher is going away on August 29th. Yep, going away, as in kaput, gone, dead. Rest in peace, Stitcher, and thanks for 15 years of service to the podcast community. So switch to another podcast app and follow this show there. Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Gang, since they opened in 2012, I've been talking about the amazing rehearsal spaces and fabulous recording studio at Space Rehearsal and Recording here in Austin. Well, gang, Space has upped their game over the last couple of years and added a couple of new factions. One is a video production studio. Space ATX has taken the major leap forward in their evolution to serve Austin's music community with their new video production department. They're now offering professional video production for bands, live streaming, live sessions, podcasts, and just about anything you can imagine. They've also added a creator studio. Maybe you want to take your TikTok or YouTube videos to the next level, or it's time to stop using your cell phone pics for all of your PR photos. Their newest production room is waiting for you. You can also book their in-house video or photography services or bring a freelancer to get the job done yourself. That's space, rehearsal, and recording located just a few short miles south of downtown Austin. They now offer rehearsal studios, audio recording, video production, a creator studio, and more. Go to spaceatx.com to find out more. And take the talent train from Schmoesville to Protown with space, rehearsal, recording, and video production. Let's get down. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys have all had a good week. I hope you're able to stay cool out there, stay out of the heat. God, it is intense, man, and relentless. It is intense and relentless every single day, just beating you down, (laughs) just constantly. It's insane, man, and freaky. It's a little bit freaky. I did find one thing here at my apartment complex that, that makes it a little bit easier, and that is there are parking spaces here that stay shaded all day. And so (laughs) if I don't get one, like when I come in from somewhere, if I take Rosie out and I see like if I'm parked in the sun and I see a shaded spot is open, I run and grab my car and put it in there immediately because that does make quite a difference. If you can park in the shade, I know you know that I'm not telling you stuff you don't know. Anyway, insane out there. I hope that you stay cool and you're able to stay hydrated and and you're able to do stuff outside in the morning and, and hide out in the afternoons in your house like I do. (laughs) gang uh today's a really big day friday july 21st this is the inaugural the very first how did i get here presents uh showcase tonight uh at sound space at captain quackenbushes that's tonight july 21st uh doors are at eight show starts at 8 30 i will be playing a solo acoustic show but before me will be uh leslie sisson 
from Moving Panoramas will be playing and Aaron Sinclair will be playing a solo show as well. Now, uh, tickets are $15. You can get tickets through GigStand, the app, going to gigstand.com or downloading the app for GigStand. I talked about it a while back. GigStand is an app that was founded by Grammy Award-winning producer and artist Shooter Jennings and my friend, the rock star game developer, Star Long. Now, uh, tonight's the night. Doors are at 8. This is going to be a great show. Uh, we're each going to play solo acoustic sets. Nice. They're going to be playing 45-minute sets. I'm going to play an hour. And I will be doing short interviews with Aaron Sinclair and Leslie Sisson before their, before their sets. And one of them will interview me. You'll have to show up and find out who the surprise interviewer is. Okay? So please, come on out tonight. We're really excited about this. This is the very first How Did I Get Here presents tonight, Friday, July 21st at Soundspace at Captain Quackenbushes. All right? And uh, we were talking about the heat earlier. Tomorrow night, gang, if you live in Houston, Saturday, July 22nd, Skyrocket plays at Last Concert Cafe. Now look, I don't mind the heat when the sun's down and I'm out there jamming. Last Saturday, we played in, uh, in Brenham. We played outside. We played at about 7. The sun had just gone down. We sweated like crazy. I mean, it's hot, right? And it's kind of a, a, an extreme sport playing those gigs, but it is pretty fun. And this, these skyrocket shows at Last Concert Cafe in Houston are a great time. So uh, if you live in Houston, come on out tonight or tomorrow night, Saturday, July 22nd, to Last Concert Cafe and see Skyrocket. All right? All right. Gang, I have a great show for you guys today. My dear friend, one of my very best friends in the world, AJ Vallejo, is back on the show today. His band, Brody Lane, has just released a record called Pain is Gold. And I will tell you guys, I have known AJ since like 1994, 1995. I can't remember exactly when I met him, but it was around 29 years ago. And um, I have heard the music that he's written since that time. I've listened to almost everything he's put out since that time and a lot of stuff that he didn't put out since that time. I've always had a tremendous respect for his work ethic, a tremendous respect for his musicianship. He's a fucking amazing musician, amazing producer, great songwriter, but AJ has kicked it up a notch with this Pain is Gold LP by Brody Lane. He's gone deeper into himself. He's been writing these songs like Let Me Go, that's like a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers band, and uh, this beautiful uh, ballad waltz that's uh, that's pretty insulting called You're Welcome. Fucking brilliant song. Uh, he's got some special guests on this record. He has Paul Val on, uh, on the opening track, Pain is Gold, and uh, The Bottle features Austin legend Guy Forsyth playing some uh, some saw, I think, and some slide or something. Anyway, this record, Pain is Gold, is, I think, AJ's best work to this date. And, uh, I mean, he's put out so much music. He's got all those bands, Love and Chaos, Vallejo, Brody Lane. I mean, countless. I got Whiskey Rebellion, remember that one? Anyway, so this band, he's been just writing and getting all this music out, and they have been around since pandemic. They formed as neighbors during pandemic, like, hey, guys want to get together and play and jam? And so that's what they did. But um, also, AJ's been going through some personal stuff over the last couple of years. His mom passed away. His son has been going through some some hard times. And um, AJ has had like an, a personal awakening. Like, uh, just like I've always thought. Like, AJ is one of those guys that he's crazy. He says insane shit. He, he, he seems like he's always wasted and on the verge of, of a disaster. But really... He is a really together person, and he's also like a person that I know that if I ever needed anything in the world and I reached out to him, he would be there for me. So with his son going through all these problems and stuff, he has decided to really focus on being a dad. And, you know, he's an amazing man, and I'm really, really proud 
to call him my friend. Not just because he's an amazing artist and everything, but because he's an amazing person. He's a wonderful human being that's not going to let his kids slide through the cracks because he's this rock and roll guy, right? I mean, that's a commendable thing. And I'm very proud of AJ for his artistry and his humanity. I really am, okay? You have to check out this album, Pain is Gold. And uh, listen, gang, they're playing tonight, Friday, July 21st at the Mill Bar in and Grill, Mill Bar and Grill in Austin, Texas. But they're having a record release show on Saturday, July 29th at Woody's in Bee Cave. That's their record release show. So go to BrodyLane.net to find out more about Brody Lane and what they're up to. And uh, without further ado, uh, I hope you enjoy. This is a really, this is a deep conversation. Like we talk about the art stuff, but we also talk about the personal stuff. And AJ and I sometimes goof around and we laugh. And sometimes he's insane with like a weird cowboy hat in a place. But uh, this one's this one's one of the really deep and good ones. So I hope that you enjoy our conversation. This is me and my friend AJ chatting it up. Let's get down. Damn you, you're so fine. How I wish I didn't think about you all the time Damn you For not loving me back like I love you For playing my heart even if I always know Damn you Why you gotta be so cold I wish that I could get a grip on these feelings I can't control Um, this album's great, AJ Thanks. What's going on? Like what? Okay. Not like the things you didn't do are great, but when you see someone for so many years and they still do things that are a step further into greatness. Yeah. And you're still challenging yourself in this way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's so weird to talk about the pandemic three years later because that's such a weird (laughs) word and just the, the whole, that whole era was is looking at where we are now but uh it was a curse and a blessing man i, I you know obviously i had a, you know i have a home studio so what do you do when you're stuck in a house for over a year like you know with no gigs you're playing i mean there's highs and lows there's depression and you're just kind of there's there's a humbleness that kind of overcomes a house like you're just humble to be with your family and there are people getting sick and falling left and right and yeah. you're just trying to keep it together it's almost like you go into survival mode, but then you, you really truly realize what's important. And when the world opened back up, like I shaved, I shed a lot of things that I didn't need. And a lot of that was shedding personal battles I had in my head with past relationships. And I mean, re- realizing in hindsight, some of that stuff was pretty traumatic and that, that we, we, as humans, we all just kind of like, we'll just go find somebody else and like, Put it, you know, act like we're happy with that person and that's a band-aid, but like really we truly don't, a lot of us don't like deal with the baggage or the trauma of that relationship. Cause, and it sounds, trauma sounds like an extreme word, but when you're in a bad toxic relationship, yeah. it's traumatic and you don't see it until you're outside of the bubble. Nobody thinks about it from a dude's angle and not to be like, hey, dudes are forgotten. Yeah, yeah. But they're not forgotten. They're just kind of like, that's not really something that, that dudes talk about. Yeah, and it's also, it's also kind of instilled in our, in the human psyche that guys are just supposed to toughen up and just get over it and just, you know, girls can be a little more, you know, deal with, you know, their coping mechanism stuff. But guys, we're just supposed to suck it up and just, right, and keep it together because you're a dude, like, you know. But, 
having said that, males, I think when they they have when girls are talking about like, oh, he has all this baggage or you know he's got issues and stuff like that. It's it, it really comes down to like not to get all Doctor Phil, but it comes down that those guys didn't they're not dealing with those with those right. issues that they have that right. they, they, they kind of made they carried maybe they're carrying in their relationship. So that all fell into that this album. I was I wrote I had some love songs. I had some some dark songs, but not that this album is dark and depressing. It just I felt like this album. I started noticing a theme, like a theme to it. Like, yeah, and that's that's what you have. And it's fifteen songs, and they're all you know. And I, I pulled five or six songs that people were like were looking forward to, right? That didn't fit on the record all, all of a sudden. So it's a lot of songs too, by the way. It's a lot. Like a, people don't even put out it's a, like it's, it's EPs a little indulgent, right? <laughs> it's, it's not self indulgent. It's <laughs> like you're. I mean. I, I, if it's a if it's a if it's a piece of work, it's a piece of work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, what I was gonna say is that that does. It's not like you weren't uh, dealing with your shit in in all of your music and throughout your whole Before, career because yeah. you normally are. But it seems very focused and a more adult dealing with your shit. Absolutely. Maybe that's what it is that yeah. I'm. Yeah, it was that definitely I'm like hearing. facing it because right. I mean, even in Vallejo and. Love and Chaos and anything that I did before, even with solo albums and like, you know, the solo album, you know, Love Songs for Dummies. Right. Started flirting with that. Right. With putting the heart on the sleeve stuff out. But like, it was really cool. I just felt like it was a good time to kind of just, I think the album's going to age well. Like it's going to, it's, I'm really already, I love it already. Like I, I usually when I do a record, once I'm done with it, I won't listen to it ever again, but I still find myself listening to some songs just kind of checking them out making sure like that you know it's it's cool and it's there's there's some stu- there's some stuff on the album that i still like enjoy listening to and that's that hasn't ever happened before right in yeah my, you know career so yeah i dig it that's exciting man yeah so uh you cover so much ground um like uh stylistically on this record mm-hmm. but it all still fits <laughs> into this thing and it it makes me it makes me think that did country music become a because now country music to me seems more related to Jay Z and to Def Leppard than it does to Hank Williams. Yeah, it, it thematically does. it's still Hank Williams. Yeah, but well, if you listen to all the stuff that's popular right now, I mean, even I mean things from Morgan Wallen to you know Cole Wetzel here in this area. I mean, they're all they were all kids raised in the nineties, so they grew up listening to all that Nirvana stuff. and right you know, Blur and, you know, Oasis. So that stuff is what is kind of, and then their parents grew up listening to country and then, but they're growing up in high school listening to this, you know, all nineties rock. So right. that's what that stuff sound to me when I hear Cole Wetzel and Austin Mead and all that stuff, all the stuff that's hot right now, that's what I, I can hear. I can literally hear them ripping off complete riffs, you know, right. of a nineties uh, alt band and then trying to, then they put their like twang, you know, I don't, whether it's a twang or the way they sing and their draw, you know. So, and go, you know, going back to, I didn't know when, I never like set out to go, I'm going to make Brody Lane a country band and try to get on some of that country money. I think it was just more just like, I started producing a lot of acts like Bree Bagwell and right, right. Willie Braun and Fowler and all them started coming in and Cody Canada and his wonderful kids and all that. So that stuff all kind of just started bleeding into my music. You know what I mean? It's like, I, and then it, it was, I think, the weird thing was when I stopped doing the Prince thing, I stopped in a weird way. I like, not only did I sever that relationship with that, I just kind of want to be a 
Prince fan again. I didn't want to be right, right. Uh, like, you know, per, a Prince impersonator. That's not right. what I was put on this earth to be. So once I cut that, <laughs> once I shut that door, it's weird. I, sh- I kind of shut that whole sound out. Like if you go back, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Families, the funk sound. And now I'm just, you know, I like just doing the classic Southern rock, the stuff I grew up listening to, Allman Brothers, Leonard Skinner, all the way to Radiohead and, like you know, something like "Love Is on the Way" just just right. reeks of Radiohead. So like, and then right before it is a "You're Welcome," which is a kind of a Merle Haggerty weird right, thing. Right, right. Yeah, so it's it goes all over the place. You know, there's uh, even the opening song, the uh, "Pain Is Gold" song. Who's who is Paul Val? He's a Paul famous Val. guy. He's Paul a, Val. Paul Val. He's a great like right guitar player. He's from Austin. Yeah. Oh, he's a guitar guy. Yeah, he's a guitar. He's like, you know, so I hate you know put a label on him. You know. He's kind of like the new hot little young Steve Ray Vaughan, but like we only say that because you know it's like when Vallejo was like, "You guys are like the new Santana." It's like the only reason that everybody right, said right. that is because we're the only, only no rock Santana. band with congas in it. Right, right. <laughs> so, like, but uh, so you know, he's but he you know he's he's awesome, man. So uh, we had you know I was, I was changing guitar players, and he was in the studio, I was just sitting there, and I was like. Uh, and I I didn't want to do a solo myself, so I was like, "Hey man, you want to cut some stuff on here?" And man, the solo work on there is insane. Yeah, so, it is insane. Yeah, so glad to have him on there and Guy Forsyth's on there as well. So. Yeah, yeah. What's it? hold on? What's it? Oh, the bottle. That's a great song too. There's there are great songs. I love I love your welcome. Yeah, like your, your welcome is pretty blunt. It's pretty yeah, brutal. So and it's, it's kind of like. I have female. I like friends. that too because I'm sorry. Yeah. To to have like to to, to still explore your uh, your feelings mm-hmm. and then grapple with these feelings and then try and get through this feeling onto the next step. Yeah. You didn't lose your balls in the no in no the process. It's just straight up. He right, said right. he says you might hate still me today. Tough, dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's still it's still got balls. And thanks for saying that because I was yeah. ho- I was hoping yeah, people yeah. were like, man, this guy come across like a chump. Like, <laughs> But, um, like AJ's therapy record. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but no, man. I mean, I think you know, it's you know, everybody's like, man, is this a concept record or what's this about? And, and it, I keep that word keeps getting thrown around. I think it's you know, when you the Wall and Pink Floyd and you know, all the concept albums that are out there, whether it's you know, if you listen to Metal Operation Mindcrime, I thought was brilliant. But um, it, it's not really a story. I didn't like write a story and put it to music, but. It kind of follows this character that's kind of like he's enamored. It starts off with lover, and then and then you know he's enamored with this person, and then throughout the record, you can just listen to the lyrics to kind of f- figure out that like things aren't going the way you know maybe he doesn't right that that person didn't like him the way he likes them, and so right then he starts grappling with like the loss, and a lot of us just don't want to accept that something's just is not good. It doesn't work anymore. Right. Right. So we try to like put band-aids on it or we, yeah, yeah. Or we act like everything's great or we get with them and they're like, everything's cool. And that's weird for a guy to say that because that's what girls say. I mean, right. like, and I'm not right. saying anything about in a bad way to girls, but it's like, it really is truly about, you know, identifying those feelings and, you know, I just put them to words and it was very therapeutic because like there's some nights I would just go stir crazy or crazy just thinking about that situation and so I was like, Writing it was awesome. You know, yeah, to be yeah. Able to say it, you know, and that's what a lot of pain the gold is. So I like it, man. I'm, I feel kind of like it's so awesome to have the unburdened. Off. I'm unburdened. And yeah, I, I felt like I cleaned. Like I'm cleansed. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, the new album's ha- gonna be just a sugary pop, beautiful love record. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be like, oh great. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
No, that's what I, I mean. I was saying to you when, when, when we were texting the other day is that there's this, uh, it just feels like this new uh, level of, of depth. Yeah. No, and, Even I feel like you're, are you singing like in the lower, is your voice getting lower? My What's voice happening? is getting lower. Yeah. It's not, that's not me trying to I, be. I, 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 no, yeah. I didn't think it was no, I mean, trying. I mean, it I just, mean, some people were like, are you trying to like, all of a sudden you're, talk, you're trying <laughs> to sound tougher. You're trying to sound like Conway Tweet. I'm like, no, it's like my voice is just getting lower, you know? Well, part of me was like, it works really well because it's, it's a little more authoritative when you're saying this heavy stuff. But also there's like a, this new level of stuff that, that, uh. Just like singer dude to singer dude who's been hearing your voice for fucking 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Uh, is that there's like a new... Uh, it's not even like it's lower, it's rich. There's like a a, a Roy orbison nest yeah. to your singing there's now. Like there's like a vibrato timbre. that didn't used to be there. Yeah, and then if, and you, you, you knowing the Vallejo sound and... Right, right, right. When I go back and listen to those Vallejo records... Sometimes some some of the songs I just laugh at them because like I'm like who's that little nasally nah that little yeah, kid like yeah. and and but That's that was I just me progressing I mean I love those records you know they they mean a lot to us and I wouldn't change a thing but like it was Dwight Baker who I think really like kind of put a mirror on me and went like dude why do you got to always do that yeah 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 you know why do you always do that steamboat Trees Pike stuff like why, why don't you the same thing they used to say to me note. the exact same hold a freaking yeah, note yeah, yeah. Are you scared of the note <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. because I feel like you you do all those little flips <laughs> yeah yeah how how he goes you do that so you don't have to hold a note and I'm like you know what you you might be right like and I would be terrified he goes just dude just hold the note out for four counts and I'd be like I'd be terrified I'd be like like but um and then he also taught me. It was just like, why are you singing through, you know, you got to, why are you singing through your nose? Why don't you sing through your, from your chest and from your gut? Like, and like, I literally became, if you Didn't go you tell me that too, when I, the last time I went in and sang something with you were like, I, I think stop I said, singing through your nose, dude. I, did, I yeah. think I said something like that. And it was just, it was a Dwightism, you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, no, but I think my whole vocal style changed. If you go listen to, if you go listen to the Vallejo Unified record that uh, Dwight did, my voice is low and the timbre, it's more, right, has right. a warmer timbre to right. it than the high nasally aj that sing just another day or something like that which is cool but that's just like and a lot of people think the vallejo fans are like oh i like Roy lane but man i miss vallejo it's like yeah great that's i'm glad you do but like that was 25 years ago <laughs> yeah. like, i mean I'm, that's like half of my life span has already that's that was a chapter you know yeah. in my life so and i still like doing the songs but it's funny because like now when we do downtown it used to be like rip that's got now it's like Ripped up Scotty. So <laughs> in it's like, now it sounds like a Vegas act. You know? <laughs> but no, you don't sound like that. What I'm saying is your voice to get richer. You got more. T- it was like when we were watching, uh, uh, what's his name? When we went to go see Tom Jones. Oh yeah. Like that, like that guy's voice was still so, so rich. And different. Deep. But yeah. it, it still, still fucking sounds great. Man, that was so great. I mean, his voice was so like, it was like a fine tuned instrument for his age. I mean, how old is that guy now? Well, we we, we, we it's googled 80, it. I forgot. Right? Yeah, like Eighty three or something. Yeah, I hope I can only hope I, I sound and that good and I'm still rocking stages at that age. You know, that's the thing though is that like this is such an inspiring record to listen to, not only as a person listening to a record, but also as your friend and a person who is always somehow, you know, uh, looking at you to see like well, what what's he doing now now yeah. that we're like getting old what's he. Yeah. and that's what's, what it is like what's I, he peddling now i have severe add so like i'm always like trying to I'm not ever, ever 
comfortable in one spot. Right, but you're still yeah. artistically able to take these steps yeah. and and like actually not that you you weren't amazing before, but you can still we should be getting better. And yeah, yeah, you we are. Should, yeah. And that's a that's an inspiring thing with this record. And, and I'm glad you said that because Brody Lane is kind of that was the vehicle that I had like that's where I can be the AJ that I am now. Like I couldn't I mean if I wrote a Vallejo song right now, it would right. sound like Brody Lane and people would be like, What is Yeah, this is not Vallejo and uh you know, me and my brothers have, I would love more than anything to because some of those Vallejo records, you know, some of those songs on those old records are like just, you know, they're cringy. Like, you know, and my brothers, we all feel the same way, but like, I would love for us to do a record now with all right. we've learned. I mean, Omar being a producer and me producing, we all have these producer mentality. We didn't back then. We just spent, you, you did it too. Like, we spent, spent the label's money on some dude. On some dude that like right. hadn't, yeah. you, you just met this guy yeah, a yeah, month ago yeah, and yeah. he's supposed to figure out how you, your, your definitive sound, like that you've been doing at Steamboat for, 10 years like yeah. that's why that stuff didn't work to me so you know but the idea of doing another Vallejo album is I mean it sounds very taxing like not saying it will never happen but like I don't know if we could all three sit down and do a whole album maybe maybe a couple of singles that'd be kind of cool but I'd be really curious to know what that sounds like because we haven't explored that but we're, we're we've been talking we're throwing some Alex do some cool ideas you know so at us and we were like that's that's you know kind of perked our ears so we were like all right so i wonder if you get out of each other's way or if it would just be like if take the vallejo album that took 18 years to make that's what happened to brothers brew i think brothers brew was so hard for us to make and that had 14 songs on it that like by honestly by the time that we were done with that album there was just a lot is being in a band with brothers is, is a hardcore democracy like where it's like if one brother if two if one brother does not like the song or the idea the song's done You'd be like, I just wrote the greatest song for Vallejo, and then like, one of my brothers could be like, nah, and it's over. Like, argument over, not going on the Vallejo albums. We, you know how hard, how many songs you have to get, like, out of sixty songs, you know, fourteen songs make it. Just and all not you, because they're the better songs, just because it's the, the songs that the three brothers like agreed on. Right, right. So I felt like we weren't. There's a lot of compromising going on, and I, I don't. That's the part I don't miss about making records. With Vallejo, but I would, having said that, I would love to make a song or something to just kind of see what I'm just kind of see, see what, what Vallejo makes what, in 2023. What, what, what's Vallejo like in yeah, yeah, 2020s, the 2020s, you know? So, yeah. So we're talking about it, but, but you guys still play shows? Yeah. Oh, we we're playing Fourth of July. But we, yeah. The shows are great. Um, but uh, you know, for now, like going back to Brody Land, that's where my songs live, and yeah, kind of where you know that's just what that's what I sound like. That's what I play. You know. And Love and Chaos has, it fits in that realm. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just kind of... It's in that same family. It's a different process because with Kendall, it's like, our writing is just so much fun to write with her and just, she we push each other and it's, it's great because like, if you would ask me like, hey man, you're going to be in a band with the little Barbie doll chick from American Idol, I'd be like, the hell, I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. But uh, she's so great and she just gets better and better. Well, so there's you know. a deceptive, she's like... Uh, She's like that super hot girl in school that you don't talk to because she's so hot and and then all of a sudden you talk and she's like like a, dude, like a cool. bro yeah she's a bro yeah, yeah like just the coolest person yeah and then she'll out drink you out yeah, yeah. sing you like she can out sing <laughs> yeah like and, and that's what I'm saying it's kind of like a it's kind of like <laughs> that's what a lot of people you know and she gets frustrated that because she's like she'll be like they they just like they're just like they underestimate her because she's pretty and you know and she's you know just very 
what you see kind of like the cookie cutter blonde chicks like coming out of Nashville or anything like that but but she has so much more to you know I and I'm just obviously biased because I'm in a band with her but like I see her win people over I mean they you know girls have their arms crossed like oh god who's this bitch like you know yeah. at the end of the show they're like oh my god you know they're at the merch booth going like oh my god you're so amazing so that's how I, I felt like when I first met her I was like okay I love Jesus, okay okay what's going on AJ's here friends, okay, yeah. yeah well I don't know you know <laughs> yeah you never know let the music do the talking right yeah I love her Liberty we're working on a new record but that's another hard thing because like with Brody Lane you know I'm the leader of that band i dictate the rhythm and what goes on and sure you know, I, obviously i had a lot of time during the pandemic to write many many songs our our schedule is different because she has her life with her family and i have my life with my family my band producing directing doing everything yeah yeah so finding windows we we, we, we can book gigs all day long but like finding windows to like actually Sit down and make new shit. Put the shit. phone down. Yeah. Or the babysitter's yeah. not calling her or the gardener or whoever, all the calls she gets. Right, right. And then me too, going to pick up the kids. Like sitting down and you have to actually like focus and t- turn all that stuff off so you can actually create, you know. And I can do that at my house by myself, but it's really hard for us to do. But we, we're sitting on an album right now. We just can't seem to finish it because, I mean, time is obviously the issue. So yeah, there's not enough hours in the day, but we'll, we'll, we'll put it out soon. So, um, so how do you you do you, you recorded and mix this record yourself? Yeah, well, I, I recorded it and then I got in, so in the bubble, like I started just I had mixed it, I'd finished it, uh, and probably five of the songs that ended up on the album weren't even on there. And then five, I took five songs that were like a little more lovey dovey, you know, love songs, happier. Like, and all of a sudden, when I was like, these don't. I tried to put this love song in, in between like Hard Living and Amnesia and right. it just didn't fit. It yeah. sounded silly. So yeah. then I started going like, do I, do I put a, do I make a whole record like of just, just keep it kind of one topic? And it just, once I decided that, it was natural. They just all fell into place. So. Yeah. But um, yeah. So who mixed it? Oh, Omar did. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that, did I was a great my, job. Yeah, Omar did a killer job. So I kind of like got, I started just sit, sit, doubt, doubting myself, going like, man, I don't know, man, does this sound good? I'm like, and then when I gave Omar one song, hey, man, mix this, I, g- I gave him Hard Living, because I was like, that one's just not punching for me. Like, And he sent it back like the day later, and I was like, hey, man, uh, I don't know what your schedule's like, but I need you to mix my whole album. <laughs> he's like, cool, how much songs? <laughs> Fifteen songs. <laughs> but... um. But he's did it, man, and he did a great job. And then obviously we go in there at the end, and I'll tweak it a little bit. But for the most part, I mean, he, it was awesome for somebody else f- from outside the bubble to do it. But even cooler, what better guy to do it than your brother who you've made 20 records with, who who knows what you like and what you want, and um, also has gotten better at what he does. So yeah. Turned out I, great. And that room is, do you guys cut in that yeah, room? Yeah, uh-huh. okay. I want to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we we cut and I do like a lot of the overdubs in my studio, but for the most part, cut and mix it right there at five one two. So, so Ray Kane's is the new addition. He played on the record. Mm-hmm. He plays. He came in towards the last four or five songs. He plays like you know that awesome solo in "Damn You" and then all uh-huh. the cool stuff in "Lover" and all that. Like that's all him. So I don't I don't know how radio works, mm-hmm. and I've never. I don't think I've ever been someone that's really been able to. I can tell if I like a song, and I like hits a lot of times. Yeah. But is "Damn You" a song that would be like a radio? Maybe. I mean, I, it seems like it it's, is. It's very yeah. 
I mean, it's very catchy like that. It's very cool. It, I think it could be, you know, it has some F words in there, some, some cuss words in there, but I mean, they can lock those out. You throw in a goddamn you at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, there's, and he's like, you know, he's like, you know, you fucked up everything. You know, I mean, it. that song, that bridge is, there's a lot of blunt stuff on that on that record. We're, we're, a lot of artists or songwriters will be like, should I like, you know, like they'll, they'll be like, I don't know if I want to be that, put that out there and. I was just like, man, I'm putting it all out there. I don't, I don't care. If people can ask questions, and, and people are asking questions. They're like, you know, someone was like, like one of the reviews uh, was like, "This is awesome." Someone check on AJ. <laughs> like, it was just like, 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 some people were like, "There's some concerning lines in there." Like, like is AJ okay? Like, I mean, is, is this like his last? Is, is this a suicide note? Like, but it's he not. trying to tell us something. Yeah, but uh, but man, like I said, I'm happier than ever because it's like I. I'm happy because I feel honestly like the first time in my life I put something out that I fully stand behind. There's nothing that's like, oh, I don't know about that one. Or yeah, again, being in a band, not not just saying Vallejo, but even you know any kind of band where I had you have to compromise in some sense. You have to compromise politically to keep you know all the parties. Everybody happy. happy. Yeah, yeah. And I don't do that in this band. This is I feel like that's this is totally. I mean, it's great having the guys to bring in, you know, an outside vibe or, or taste to the songs but like you know subject matter wise that's all comes from me so yeah and it was great I, I feel i'm real happy with the record now i'm like what am i gonna do now after i've just put out a 15 song like do i just make a all the songs that i have now are like real pop lovey-dovey in a much happier place so now i'm wondering do i just go all the way left to the next record and just make put out like a cool happy pop record yeah and then let all the people that love pain is gold just hate it and destroy it which would kind of be cool like are there people that hate it no i think there's people that don't like that they don't like the negativity no they like no i think they like they don't like the lovey-dovey oh okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. they they like they like pain is gold like i I, i've found an audience that is digging all the that you can alienate with your next work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, I'm, I'm, I finally got the audience that, that I need, and I'm going to alienate them with my next album. <laughs> that's awesome, right? Yeah, that's so punk rock. You know what? That's what I'm going to do. I uh, do you know who uh, Warren Zane is from the Del Fuegos? I know the band. I don't know him. Yeah. Um. Right. No Fuegos. I think so. Anyway, that guy wrote these books, and he became like this author guy, and he's this really cool. Uh, he wrote that Tom Petty biography where Tom Petty like talked to him through Talking, the whole thing. That's cool. And uh, he just did this one about Nebraska, mm-hmm. the Bruce Springsteen album. And I, I, I didn't read it, but I was listening to an interview with him, and that's what Spring. I mean, like after uh, whatever Hungry Heart, and uh, like was an actual hit yeah. on the radio. Yeah. Then the next thing he did was a record that he made on four track cassette by himself in his house. And he put it out like with no, no hits at all. Yeah. That's what Nebraska is. And then the next move was to, you know, born in the USA, which was yeah, yeah. gangbusters. I th- right. I think, uh, Ryan, but that's three completely different. Ryan Adams did that with love as hell. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I, that's one of my favorite records when he broke up with that supermodel and just, hold himself up in that Dakota hotel or whatever and did a bunch of drugs and <laughs> record on a four track. I love it. I think I that album's God. Uh, you know what else do you notice? He's he's back from Me Too. Because remember, he got canceled. Oh, yeah, he did. And he went and chilled out for like the pandemic. 
and then he came came back. I think I think we're not laughing. I think our nation's just, become very forgiving. You know, like well, you gotta you gotta give some. You can't just like people can't be banished. Like if you can't believe that someone can redeem themselves yeah. in some way, then what are we doing? Yeah, here? I mean, it, it does. It did raise red flags of what kind of character he was to you know the people that he works with and i it was that was when that happened that kind of connected with me a little bit because yeah i you know um i've been guilty of saying mean and uh nasty things to people that are under me and then in hindsight they're gone and i i took them for granted and right. i think that's not cool so when when that happened i was like hmm, maybe i should be nicer to everybody, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, I think for the most part, I think our nation's forgiving. I mean, our last president, it was an adventure every day. So, and he said things, and everybody was like, "Well, it's cool." I still yeah. <laughs> yeah. mean, so I, I, I think we've got. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, if our president can do all that, like, uh, you know, I think we, everybody can forgive yeah. a guy that was mean to his, you know, assistant or whatever. What happened there? Well, I think the other thing too, and you just said it. I had this conversation with Scrappy when that, when that, when, when that whole thing started happening. Like we were talking one day about it. And the one thing was, was like, whatever sort of like outside the lines ways that any of us acted, some of us got hip and we were like, oh shit, well, we didn't need to have the hammer come down because, you know, yeah, not that we were abusive or any kind of thing like that. But in relationships, things get weird. Yeah, they do. And, we, we, and they look a certain way from yeah, a certain angle. Absolutely. And we say things because we think we feel like we have this connection with this person, right. which go, which kind of goes back to traumatic right. relationships. We have this exactly. Really, we almost you're like, well, I can say that to you because you know who I am, or, or you'll you'll accept it. More, you know, you can't say those things to a stranger because right. they'll be like, they'll kick your ass. <laughs> you're like, right. So, uh, and that's that's kind of sucks for us as adults that we, we or whatever anybody that is in a relationship that finds like they can. So I literally I have been totally working on that like just being cool with people like not being and you know i still get mad and say things but like um i've been i've been trying to work really hard on, on not being mean because you know being nice is cool it's easy to be nice you know it's hard being mean and i say that because it's hard because you are really like i think you you there's it's an issue with yourself there's there's a reason there's a seed why that Right. meanness is where's that yeah. coming from when someone ha- the haters when they're hating on you yeah they're they're probably insecure or they probably just they don't like maybe they don't like you because you're i don't know prettier or more talented i don't know that this yeah. is uh so i say that it's it's harder to be mean because you're spending more energy doing that like being kind is like hey man what's up dude you're cool you know? yeah we do it all every day on facebook hey cool shot you look great you know family looks awesome like how easy is that? Some people don't, you know, like the meanest <laughs> shit anybody says on Facebook to me is always someone I've never heard of in my life has never written anything yeah. on anything I've posted. They yeah. just see a thing and they're like, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Flagged uh, or whatever. What did, I don't know. Assholes. Oh, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I got, I got trolls. Uh, one one comment I got trolls. on, on. Not so much the record, but the band. I was I was teasing some tracks from the new album, and I, I love it. It makes me laugh. I don't get mad anymore because Vallejo. The critics were just brutal with Vallejo. So, um, but I got a comment 
month ago saying this is everything I hate about music. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. I was like, dude, I want to say that to some stuff, but I don't say it because I don't want people to like, look, AJ Vallejo's being a dick. Like, you mean, but just some redneck in North Carolina that was like, this is everything I hate about Texas music. And I was like, okay, cool. Tell me how you really feel. I wonder what it is that they like. You know what I mean? Might be a well, I did. I, compliment. We we can now go back and check out their profile, and you know, he, yeah. yeah, and he was definitely like, you know, so I, I, you know, God bless him, but you know, he he like he was posting Toby Keith stuff and all that. So oh, I was like, yeah, so I was like, man, you know, I'm kind of maybe I take it as a compliment. You don't like my music because you know, maybe it's not for you. So you guys are doing a thing tonight. This isn't coming out, but you guys, where did, where's it that you're playing? Oh, we're playing the Dumar. Part. It's, it's a friend of ours who, uh, and we we literally we're like his house band. He has this wonderful big. This guy is so pimp that he has a, a multi million dollar house on the lake. He don't even live in it. It's he bought he his real house is across the street, and he bought another house across the street that has lakefront property, just for parties, and it like has he gets he brings in catering. He's going to have a huge fireworks show that's going to rival, like, you know, anything you see downtown. And we set up in the uh, bottom there, and we've kind of become his house band. He, every party he has, he's like, he calls me. Hey, man, I'm going to have a party, bro. Lane. Yeah, yeah, sure. And what? Pay, pays us insane yeah, yeah. amounts of money. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not private, but it's, not, it's open. I mean, if anybody wants to come, you know, I, I tell them, DM me. People, people are calling me. Hey, man, can I get on that party? Like, blah, blah. Because it's, you know, open bar, open food, you know. The last party, though, somebody bought a bunch of Dove tacos made out of Dove. And, uh, they good? They, oh, they weren't really a it's hit. made a face. I was a big yeah. fan. Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, there was a big pan. Everything else was gone, but <laughs> there's a lot of Dove What's going tacos. on with the hot sauce? The hot sauce is killing, man. Okay. I got uh, four flavors now. I got Buffalo Reaper. I got uh, Angel of Death, and then uh, which is a very hot one. And then I have... Uh, you know, I have the, the, the Texas Heat, which is basically a habanero sauce. Is that the then, one that we ate that well, there was one you were working on that we took to snooze one morning and put it on our breakfast. oh yeah th- th- i was working on texas heat yeah okay and that's become like a top seller and then of course the black reaper which is like that's what i started with but i wish the the guy my mentor that uh uh that helped me mikey v who does he has a, a hot sauce company in georgetown oh, yeah. he's killing it right now i mean I, I walked in the airport and his stuff's like right there in the front window oh like, really Dang, you know i need to get i need to get mad but um he was like man you can't make why are you still selling one flavor like you that's not you got you can't make money like that like you know unless you're tabasco but right right he he goes you got the way to make money is to have lots of many products so immediately i just started putting together but a lot of people don't realize you know i started doing the hot sauce just to like give to friends for the holidays and stuff and then they were like hey man can we can can we get some more of that Well, we'll pay for it and i was like hmm okay so I started selling it, and I was like, "Wow, this stuff sells really good." So, but from your lot, website, yeah, from a okay. website. But a lot of people don't. Really, and then live shows, we sell a lot at the live shows. What do you so charge for a bottle of ten dollars a bottle? No shit. Yeah, wow, and, and it's great. You know, so and it doesn't cost anything to make hot sauce. It's basically vinegar and peppers. And, <laughs> but um, but a lot of people don't realize to get one to make one flavor, you don't just like. I don't right. just make it and then it'll go like, here, here's the sauce. Yeah, yeah. You have to send it in to like, you know, FDA and they, they got to prove that, you know, they got to test the acidity right. and the pH balance. And the, I didn't even know hot sauces had a pH balance. So I thought that was a 
thing for girls. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't know, like, <laughs> you know, I didn't, <laughs> but you, you got to test all this stuff and it comes back and you fail. You got to start all over again. It costs thousands of dollars. Yeah. You told me that. That was so yeah. weird when you were saying that. Cause it just didn't seem, it seemed weird. Yeah. But it, it, it makes me happy cause it's like that to know that the things that we're buying on shelves have to go through a test. We're not yeah. just putting things in our body that some freak made in, you know, Iowa, nothing against Iowa. If anybody's listening. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, if you want to sell stuff and mass produce it and mass sell it, you got to, it's got to be legit. You can't. So people can go to ajvallejo.com yeah, ajvallejo. and find com, it And then, uh, okay. yeah, so it's, that, that's been doing great, man. It's a little side hustle money. Like, it's good money. Like, um, everybody's like, man, you should do it in HEB. And I'm like, uh, and I hit them up. And they were like, yeah, we'll take 10,000 bottles and for a dime right. a bottle. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's okay. Like, I mean, like. And maybe one day I'll get in there just to have it in there because it's more just about face value for to have it in a store like that, you know. There's a lot in there. There's I mean, a lot. I feel like you get lost in that shuffle, but it'd be kind of cool to have it in there. But um, but not the profit that I make now selling online. I'm totally cool with it. So I can sell and also selling it at shows because yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's where it sells a lot because the merch booth, you know, they're like, hey, let me get a shirt and. A, and we have a bundle package, but they'll let pretty much anybody that gets a shirt, they get a bottle too. They're like, let me get a shirt and one of those bottles. And then yeah. what they like is they like the variety. When I just had one, right. like, well, I don't know about that black sauce because it's black, the, the Reaper, you know? Yeah. But people like variety. They're like, let me get that Texas Heat or let me get that. So it's cool. So, but ne- next up, I got uh, Reaper pickles coming out. Uh, I, got all, I got all kinds of stuff coming out, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, so, so... The, the plan is for it to become, you know, more of a mass big thing. But I got right now. I've got plenty going on. I don't need. I don't, I don't yeah, need, yeah, yeah. Now it's just it's you know it kind of runs on itself. You know, it gets bottled up in Georgetown. So sounds like you're in like uh, the almost go to Shark Tank phase. Almost, almost. <laughs> but you know, and still, you know, we still one or two of the sauces we're still tweaking. Like the Angel of Death is like it's a novelty sauce it's, it's so hot yeah it's like yeah, yeah. six million scoville units but like i want to get it to eight because people were like people were still talking shit like this ain't hot i'm like dude it's fucking six million scoville units like so we're gonna crank it up we're gonna go up to eight or nine and it's gonna be terrible for anybody that is not prepared for it but like you know it has a warning label and everything on it but it was really hard about that angel of death you have to try it over and over again so like the next day is brutal like in the bathroom like it's a lot so you know because i did all day long to, to the point where I, I you have to stop because your mouth just can't feel anything right anymore. right so um I'm, I'm sweating just talking about it right now <laughs> but yeah it's been it's fun man I'm, i have a great time it's that's kind of a, just a labor of love i like food so i like putting hot sauce on everything so i was like let me make hot sauce that i like because everything's like yeah. that i try is like tabasco is great but it's like just vinegar and peppers. There's nothing adventurous. I like the heat of it, but I like yeah. good flavor. Whenever I go to a restaurant and there's like a beautiful sauce, you're like, whoa, that's amazing. So Tamika was like talking about, uh, we wanted to get these shrimp tacos at the restaurant we were at yesterday. And she was asked the waitress, like, do y'all have mango salsa? And the, the, the lady goes, oh, no, we don't. She goes, so why are y'all even selling shrimp tacos? Because you got to have mango salsa. <laughs> and that's what I love about her. She's just like... <laughs> She's yeah, she's setting her ways, but yeah, man, it's, I just love doing it, and it goes with music, and it's all cross pollinating, you know. I, yeah, I sell them at my shows, and people love it, and 
Uh, the next Saxon show, we're going to do a like a pepper contest and see how much people can put them up in some chairs. I don't know if Joe's going to be down with that, but it'd be cool. And then like give him, you know, give him like a hundred bucks or something or t shirt. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds awesome. It's gonna be fun. Or a bottle of sauce. Yeah. Why not? Like they, but or it's gonna be the angel of death. It's gonna be the. Yeah. Kind of, like they got to sit there and you can't drink anything. Ooh. And there'll be a glass of milk. So whoever yeah, yeah. like, once you drink the milk, That's you're it. disqualified. Yeah. yeah. So the last man standing, it was gonna, I guess, a win. I love that stuff. I love those, those kind of challenges. So. Yeah. Um. Headbangers Ball. Have you, are you? Were you a fan of that metal show? Yeah. Okay. You know those guys are back together. Got a thing on YouTube. It's kind of sad. Uh, it's on Zoom, but it's cool. Yeah. yeah. I love stump uh, stump the trunk or yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love that metal show. Yeah. Well, they have a new thing. It's called That Rocks, and it's the three of them. It's the same three guys. Yeah. They just had a uh, Michael so, Anthony on last why, week. Why can't they do that metal show? I guess VH1 took it. it yeah, it's oh, just gone. Viacom owns. Oh, uh, the name. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 I'm sure. I'm sure it's something like that. Yeah. We, I, my friend, remember Alan Hunter, the '80s VJ? Yeah. Well, he's from Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. He was a friend of ours, and uh, really, he, um, he was all into you know MTV, and he went and told MTV, "Hey, the internet is going to be all the rage. All right. We should start doing all the videos and start doing news on there." And they were like, "Ah, eh, still you know, just a bunch of only." weird hippies go on that thing like no they didn't see the future of the internet yet yeah alan hunter was like okay well he was like we all mind if i put build a site and start putting stuff on i'm like yeah sure go ahead like you know so alan hunter bought the domain mtv.com no way and owned it so once the internet blew up yeah mtv give me shows talking about mtv came to him finally and we're like hey we need to get that domain from you and he was like yeah i mean i mean uh rumor has it it was Millions, millions, probably. and millions yeah, of dollars. Yeah. Like that house, he lives up in Oak, uh, Red Oak Mountain up there, which is a, you know, the rich folk uh, part of town of in Birmingham. Oh, Birmingham. Yeah, and he's got a big old house up there. <laughs> how how far do you do you go to Birmingham with Brody Lane or no? I've, how far I've, do you go? I've been there. Yeah, we've been yeah. there a couple times. We had a great great show. Uh, uh, we do this thing called Warrior Jam. Uh, alumni of my high school, our buddy Shane Harmon. He's uh, the head of that thing. And, we call it Warrior Jam because we were the Thompson Warriors, but we try to go every year and make it a thing. And the last the last year was it was crazy, man. It was awesome. But, um, so we'll try to do that. I don't know if we'll be able to do that this year because I got this new record. I'm gonna do this, and then obviously loving chaos doing stuff, and then just man, I I just need to stay home right now because my my family needs me in the sense like you know just kind of like my son is kind of going through a little rough time dealing with a little, and I didn't see that because until it was obviously presented to Casey and I and like then I started going like I need like I, th I thought he was you know he seemed fine to me and like you know right like hey you know I just hey good morning bro how you doing yeah, give yeah. him a hug I mean, yeah. always very nice a lot of affection you know how, how's your day he's good you know I thought he was okay but and we spent a lot more time with them as parents, like when they're a kid, you know, when they're little babies, they're like, yay, yeah. they're fun, yeah, right? Yeah, and they get their own. They get their preteen, they get on their devices. Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of, they kind of want to be left alone. So in yeah. your mind, you're like, okay, you want to be left alone. But now, you know, he's been having a rough year. So like, it's got us, brought us all real close together. And that's like, great. It made me. I, not that he's having a rough time, but it's great that. It's, that's, oh yeah. And it made me as a parent go, you know, I'm, 
I thought maybe just showering him with love and and just giving attention or get him what he wants or helping him if he wants to sign up for something, you know. Sure. Yeah, sure. But it really comes down to like how good of a parent am I? Like do I am I really spending quality time with him and like acting like I care about like what his interests are and stuff like that and Yeah. I kind of was like I'm not. I haven't been. I, I'm all that I think it was always understood with them and me that daddy's a rolling stone he makes he pays the bills he makes right. money playing rock and roll and he's working he's gone like yeah. i mean and then i'm like do i want to be remembered as a dad that was like never home and not really kind of involved because my i love my dad my dad was great but my dad worked so much he wasn't really that present all i remember is he would take us to the movies every sunday night because he was off he closed all his restaurants and right. he'd do the breakfast thing but at five or three or four he'd come home we always went to the movies on Sunday. There was only one theater in El Campo, Texas, Do Normana, and we'd go watch. He hated it because Star Wars kept getting hold over. over. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he it's went like, every week to yeah, see Star so Wars. <laughs> it got held for twenty weeks, and he was like, "What do y'all want to watch?" We're like, "Star Wars." He was like, "God, my poor dad paid." A whole family to watch Star Wars twenty times. <laughs> he built half a Skywalker and then we, ranch. We, we, the day we, we, it was happy for him, and we were crushed. We come around the corner, and it didn't say Star Wars anymore. It said Victor Victoria, and I was like, like I don't even, I don't even. It's funny, like I don't even know what that movie's about, but like I hate that movie because it yeah. was the movie that took away Star Wars. Yeah. We came around we're like no. So, uh, but um, yeah. So that's kind of one of those things where we're just like. Yeah, El Campo was cool, and but I just wanted to be kind of more present with Rocco, and that's what we, you know. I still play a lot, but like, you know, I just kind of need to focus on him and be, yeah, be a dad, you know. So, yeah, because uh, I, I, I want him to know that that I'm there. It's brought us all closer. He's very more open. He wasn't opening up to us or me. He, he kind of was like keep telling the case. He's like, Daddy, he don't. I don't want to talk to him. He don't understand he's he's old-fashioned he's hard-headed you know what I mean like oh. like like i have old values yeah, which yeah, i do yeah. yeah but i'm very open to you know yeah we raise our kids with full equality and all that stuff so like you know it's been it's cool man it's been really cool we're gonna go bowling and just i'm trying to put time in there for them so i can hang out with them which i was i found i was not doing i was not doing that like i just thought like just being their cool dad and telling dumb jokes you know and being silly for 20 minutes out of the day was enough and it's not so that's a lot i mean uh i mean that's a great thing and plus uh he's such a sweet guy yeah you know he's been such a sensitive like insanely talented like kid plays classical guitar he plays got him just got him in ableton because i'm like you need to create you know like and i told him i don't you don't got to do what daddy does like i'm not pushing you to like write write songs you don't got to write paint is gold (laughs) you know it's like but what I did is when I was having trouble or having a hard time or something was bugging me, I'd write about it and I'd put it to music. And then other people, what gave me happiness was other people would come to me at my shows and go, oh, your song helped me or saved me. Right. Then I was like, I need to do more of this. And that's why I do that. And I said, I feel like you could do that. And he's just like, maybe. You know, like he's just kind of like, oh, we'll see. Cause he's not going to tell me, yeah, I'm going to do that. Like, I mean, he's like, yeah, we'll see. Like, But I hear him in there, you know, creating. So I'm like, yes. But um, that's great. Yeah, he's super talented. Plays guitar, plays piano, plays acoustic guitar. I mean, acoustical, uh, classical. Okay. But um, yeah. So he's, I'm real, real happy with him. So it, it's man, it's just weird because like, 
I was that we were all that age, thirteen. It's a that's weird, the worst. It's the worst. It's the trying worst to figure for out me. Who you are. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. yeah, trying to figure out who you are, and then now, I mean, everything is so. There's so many more open avenues of yeah. of thought process, whatever you know, whatever side you're on, um, and trying to understand that as a parent, so that you so you you can be in the know with what your kids are going through is so hard. I mean, it's I'm like confused. I don't even know. I didn't know there was 240 genders. I didn't know there was genders. I mean, I found that out like a month ago, and I was like, um, I, you know, so I don't need to learn all of them, but I'm trying to get hip on. I'm hip. I'm trying to get hip on. No, but I, I know. Yeah. 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 Because you have, you have to be. You can't be hard-headed and be like, you know. Yeah. You don't want to be my dad. Yeah, or my dad. Yeah. yeah. Or my mom. God bless her soul. My mom was, <laughs> my mom was <laughs> as conservative as they come. You're like, so, uh but um no man it's it's great and i'm real in a real happy place and that's good so if anybody's like listening to the record going like man aj you know, it's 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 a good no, place. You're in a good place i'm in a great place yeah i love my kids of playing rock and roll I love my band loving chaos brody lane's awesome yeah it's great man i love my friends we had, we had a great time with with miles miles yeah was, that was hilarious all we, we my face i woke up the next day my face yeah. was hurting we were laughing so much <laughs> The other uh, the other day, I couldn't, I could, I, I was so drunk. By the time we went to the last place, I, that record place that he had yeah, reservations into, yeah, I, I don't remember where it was. And I was asking his girlfriend Rebecca, like, I was like, what, what was that place? What, what was, yeah, what was the deal? It might, it might have been called like the record store or something like I don't know what it's called. I, she told the me, basement. But, yeah, it was something like that. Something like that. It's yeah. weird, but it was fun, man. That was a really fun night. We had a good time, yeah. Uh, when uh. Brody Lane plays pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, like five, six times to eight times a month. Yeah. We, we play, kind of play on the weekends as much as we can. And lately it's been the weekdays. You know, we just try to stay on the road. That's the idea is to try to keep the band working because if not, they'll take off and go play with somebody else. So yeah. That's that's half the battle. I mean, if, if I didn't have to do that, I'm not saying I'd sit home, but like I'd be more selective of gigs. And so, I, so that I could stay home. Yeah. Um, but, you know. It doesn't seem like you're playing like you were in like 2018. Yeah. Or no. 2019. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like every five minutes. Yeah, it was yeah. It was a lot. Bef- yeah, before the pandemic. That's what I'm saying. That really comes down to like the pandemic was very instrumental in telling me like, hey, man, you got to shave. It. And, and also my heart doctor, he was like, I was like, why is this guy so interested in what I do? Like, I mean, like he keeps, he, he always ask me because i have an annual checkup with him right right because of my heart attack back in the day have it you know he always i'm like what do you want to know like you're just my heart doctor like because he but i find out he wants to know what i'm doing and what my what's all on my plate yeah what's your stress level because that's conducive to stress level conducive to heart health yeah uh, how much sleep i'm getting yeah and then he was like he, he it was him that was like why why don't you just do like two things why do you got to do eight like you know he's like that's not conducive to your heart health, you know, if you want to stick around long enough, you know, longer. But that's just, that. that's what I've always done. I've always gone nine to nothing. You brought your heart stuff into the song, My Heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you put it in there. That's totally, that was a love, why hasn't anybody not, am I, why hasn't anybody written a song, a love song to their heart? Like, their own heart that, like, feels love, feels yeah, pain, yeah. trying to keep alive, trying to keep beating. Exactly. you. Like, huh? Attacks you. Yeah, attacks you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when I, when, man, when when I, I was, 
messing with the chords and I was like, nah, nah, and I started just playing with it. I was like, what does this song sound like? Because, you know, when you write, you're like, you know, right. what does it what sound am I like? stealing? Yeah. You're not going to take a bunch of major chords and then write some dark, you know, I got to throw some. Oh, right. What's the vibe here? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, what is the vibe? Is this, is this a love song? Is this a hate song? Is this a self-loathing song? And then I was like, then I started singing like, I was like, let me start jotting things down about like what my heart, if my heart could talk, what would what would he be bitching about? Kind of like a person, a disgruntled lover, you know? Right, right. And man, I mean, I, I could write 20 verses. I mean, it's like, think about all the bad stuff we do to our heart. I mean, so yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, that, that's one of the proud, that's one of my favorite, as a, as a songwriter, as a lyricist, that's probably one of my better songs. That was the first one that got me up when I wrote you and I was like, it feels like you're going, like yeah. you're just broadening out yeah. with your I love that, uh, songwriting. You know, maybe you should shut up when you drink so much. Is like, yeah. I've been wanting to say that to somebody for so long, but and I just said it to myself. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, man. So and, you know, I can't keep up with your thirst for lust. Like it's just like, whatever that may be, yeah. monetary, you know, right, right, flesh, like whatever. It's our thirst for lust for things that are not attainable or probably that don't have as much importance as they should because. I just saw a thing on uh, Facebook where there's this little like 93 year old, 83 year old woman going, 93 years old, going around the world and no, not the world. She went and visited every national park in the United States because oh, there's cool. like 183 of them. Right. And she was like, I've seen money. I've had money, married met, rich man. I've seen it all. Yeah. And none of that matters. She goes, yeah. all that matters is what you have when you're old. So she was like, I was like, that's kind of cool. I was like, I'm not 93 yet, but like, it, she looked really happy. Her name is Joy. I was like, there you go. So yeah, so I was like, maybe we do stuff like that. Start focusing on less material things, you know? Yeah. Because like, same thing. Don't you, you go too. camping with your family? What's that? Don't you go camping? Yeah, we go camping. Yeah. yeah. We, camping is so much fun. And it's funny because they're at that age like, Oh, when they were younger, we'd go camp. When they were like eight, they're like, "Yay, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go get the logs." I want to do now this. Now it that. sucks because they can't yeah. get. I'm like, all right, let's go get firewood. Internet. Oh, dad, really? <laughs> Can we just go buy some? Like, cause they they see they see the big pile over there for seven dollars a bundle. I'm like, Dad, we just passed a big pile of firewood. I'm like, No, we're gonna make our own. That's hilarious. <laughs> and, Ro- and Rocco's like, Are we having financial problems? I'm like, No. <laughs> We're not having financial problems because I don't want to buy a $7 bundle. I was like, we're going to go get free wood because that's fun because we're trying to do family things together. So go get that wood before I, you know, go find a switch, you know, but. but um, I never think of you as Clark Griswold, but. I was. You are. I am. When, full it, when you need to be. My favorite, scene, dad is. my favorite scene was where like, they got to go and he's like, they're at the Grand Canyon. He's like, dad, we haven't even taken any pause for a second. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, just things like that that are because I remember my dad used to take us camping, and I remember that I although those were like not say traumatic. My dad was extreme. Like my dad was like not only we go camping like at McKinney Falls where there's like electric plug and there's water faucet. Right, right. You know, you, you kind of set up camp, but yeah, there's, yeah. there's other people around. You know, like yeah. you know, you feel safe. It's very family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad would be like, we're going in the depths of the desert with. A backpack and no food, we're, and we're gonna go for three days, and we're gonna eat lizards and shit. We're gonna, yeah, yeah. Whatever, if we don't, you know, whether it's berries or cactus or right, you know, when we ate squirrels, we ate an armadillo. Like, <laughs> I was like, Dad, 
<laughs> my dad's like, take, take this rock and hit it over this armadillo's head. <laughs> armadillo's squealing. I'm like, Dad, I'm eight. I'm eight, bro. Like, tra- traumatized. Starving, dude. And then, like, the first day, you're like, the first day, you're like, I'm not eating that. It's a squirrel. I'm like, I'm not eating that. The third day, you're like yeah. devouring it because you're just like, yeah. you're, you're shaking. You're so hungry, you know. I didn't like that part. I, mean, I appreciate that my dad tried to do things and teach us, like, not to be, like, Survival sissies. stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we are very survival. Like, you know, when the snowmageddon happened, I didn't, I wasn't scared at all. I was like, I went into full-blown, like, wee-blow mode. And I was just like, we're going to go get some wood and we're going to, we're, gonna, we're not going to, we are not right, going right. to freeze. Yeah. Right. And it was great. We we cooked, uh, you know, we cooked our dinners on over the fireplace. And it was it was awesome. So my my kids love that. But and I appreciate that my dad did that. But looking back on it, that that was that wasn't cool. I don't think he should have done that. Like you, you shouldn't do that to your your kids like that. Well, you don't know. You know what they didn't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about we were out in the middle of nowhere, dude. Like no, I yeah, I understand. Like you, you see the stuff on the news where people go yeah, in there yeah. and they're like, <laughs> they, they don't, they make don't it find out. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that was us. <laughs> And this was before when there was no cell phones. You know I mean no? There's no GPS. You didn't have a GPS on your watch. It was like, yeah, you go missing, and you're gone. So it's so weird. The other night I went to go eat at Jan's house, and I was like, I, we used to go around the United States. Yeah, like with no cell phone. No, and like a map. And a map. And an address and like pull the stop at this gas station, see if that guy knows where yeah. it is. And that guy's like, You're gonna go around <laughs> that oak tree right there <laughs> yeah. and you're gonna see a fire hydrant on the right. What was the last time you stopped at a, and, and went like, Hey, can, hey, hey, are you from around? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, that, that hasn't happened in like fifteen. My kids years. and our kids of this generation will never yeah. know what that's like. They will never know. Never. You know? They're not they won't know. Everything's I mean, Siri is like made everything so easy. There's like they don't want my kids don't they they're like, I don't have to know yeah. anything they're just like i'll just ask siri i mean and siri will tell them dude so, imagine just watching movies and tv the whole time in your van with like from back then yeah like think about all the time you're just looking out the window oh for eight hours just staring out the window looking at the fields of you know in north dakota like throwing doritos at mr yeah, at yeah, richard doritos, mr yeah. rocket baby yeah it's right <laughs> oh the funny thing i don't know why this comes up but like i'll never forget uh we did a, a run of dates with uh Del Castillo and love them. They're brothers of ours. They're so great. Um, but you know, we have two dressing rooms: Vallejo dressing room and their dressing room. And they're all in there, like circle praying and drinking wine. You know, <laughs> and, it's, and they they, and they they had their crew guy like light candles in the backstage, and they they were putting up like these tapestries. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all this. It, it was just the vibe was just so nice yeah. in there. And, and then you go to Vallejo. There's fucking food thrown all over the walls or strippers dancing on the tables and pounding shots big drawing our names and cocaine and snorting and like and, and their wives would be like they weren't allowed to come to the, our room you know so and we called it the heaven and hell tour it was great but uh i don't know why i thought that but those were the days man there was no cell phones it really came down to we were just trying to entertain ourselves because yeah you're on the you're you're up eighteen hours of the day. Yeah, in Baltimore, and there's nothing to do. There's nothing ex- to do except for however long yeah, your gig I mean, is. Now you can probably sit in your tour bus and yeah, get on an iPad or watch Netflix or watch or make a record a record. Yeah, make a record. Direct videos. Yeah, all that stuff. Like, um, so yeah, that I think that we got in a lot of trouble back then because we just didn't have anything else to do, and really all we when we were touring a lot. We were opening up for big bands like Stone Temple Pilots and right. 
Fuel and all those guys. And our set was only 20 minutes long. So like, right, right. So you said that's you're only whole, working 20 yeah, minutes a day out of an 18 hour day. What do you do with the other time? To me, you're only having fun 20 minutes of the day, and the rest of it is work. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, but I we didn't that. do that. Vallejo didn't do that. We was we were having fun. Work was 20 minutes. I'd be like, okay, let me get up here and knock this out so I can go back and. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was like three girls in my dressing room. I'm like, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> just let me go do this thing. Yeah, we're gonna do this thing real quick. Um, I gotta go rock, rock twenty thousand faces. But no, man, it was great, man. But a lot of it, in hindsight, just seeing like that's why artists unfortunately develop co- co- you know dependency yeah. problems. It's out of the boredom. Out of boredom. I mean, yeah. you know, you could p- totally be like straight laced guy and go do a Before six month tour and come back and <laughs> be yeah. a complete you know alcoholic drug addict. You know. Yeah. And then, the, and then there's also the depression sits in because a lot of people don't understand that to entertain, it's a complete mind fuck to go rock out and you're on this ultimate high for 20 minutes. There's 20,000 people screaming at you and then you go back to your hotel room and it's silent. Yeah. Just hear your ears ring. Yeah. Your yeah. ears are ringing and you're on a lot of drugs and you're just sitting there staring at the ceiling. Yeah. It's a complete, it, 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 I mean, it really is. It's a lot. And we did that every night for 30 years. Yeah. So. Five, five years ago or so, I was at a, I, I played a gig in Houston with Skyrocket. And it was a public show and there lots of people. It was sold out and whatever. And then I was just sitting in my hotel room eating a sandwich I bought at Eckerd's or at, at, uh, <laughs> at a, whatever it's called now. But see, now in our age, it's actually uh-huh. nice. Like, you know, like. Me and Alex. Well, Peter, this is like Led Zeppelin. This is not what they had in mind <laughs> <laughs> for me. They had much better plans than some dude watching the Hannity show rerun at two in the morning, yeah. eating an Antone sandwich from yeah. the from the pharmacy down the street. Yeah, me and, yeah. Me and Alex, because I usually room with Alex because uh, we you know we just pretty chill. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go rock a show and Vallejo plays, and we'll go get you know something to eat and sit in a room and watch ridiculousness and yeah smoke out and eat and like and then it's funny like within 30 minutes we're like asleep <laughs> we're, you know, it's like, yeah me too that's how i am now let me ask you i have two things i want to ask you about one of them is the old text four string slide guitar yeah built by david johnson our that buddy cool as shit it's so cool is it hard to play no it's like is it like physically easy. like the body no, of it no it's it's he balanced it because we 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 talked about it, the design of it and everything, and I was like, it can't be too heavy, right, right, and then it can't be, you know. So of course we he hollowed it out. He used certain woods, yeah, because the face of it was cedar, and I was like, well, that's a heavy wood. So he's like, well, I'm just going to just use a top plate of that, so because I want okay. that cedar, te- I want that that texture or whatever sturdiness, yeah, that pattern. So yeah, it's all hollowed out, and uh, and then the balance of it, uh, he used a heavier neck, heavier wood for the neck, which balances out. All of it, because if yeah. it was a lighter neck, like a rosewood, it would just be like. <laughs> right. So, right. I could literally <coughs> not hold the guitar, and it'll it stays. Sit, it'll sit in perfect balance. Remember when we were kids in Guitar Player Magazine and Musician Magazine, the Gibson guitar ad that had that guitar that was in the shape of the United States. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That that's what it reminded me. I was yeah. like, God, it's cool. I, could, I imagine that thing, but that the United States, that was big. That was, I don't think anyone ever played that guitar. Ever play that, like, but I mean, I just kind of was like. No, we were sitting around at his party, and he talks like Boomer. I was like, "Oh man, I'm not gonna go." It's like, and he was—he, you saw like a like cigar box guitars, right? You were doing some and stuff. He made with me those. five yeah. or six of those, and yeah. I, 
And I liked him, but I just didn't like the... It just looks kind of... I don't like the way, aesthetically, it looked like this little cigar box and you're playing it. It, it, it looked kind of toyish to me, so I was like... You know, we were at one of his parties. He has amazing parties, by the way. He throws as well. So, um, I was like, "Hey, man, can you make me a guitar shaped like Texas?" Yeah, like, yeah, man, I'll give it a whirl. But he thought we thought it was gonna be easy, but it took it took about three or four months. I mean, to build it and uh, he Shit. kept going back. It kept going back and forth. He bring it to me. It's too heavy. Make it lighter. Go back to the drawing board. Hollow it out more. Use a different wood. You know, it's a little, it's lopsided. You know, I mean, we we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, down to the turning knobs and everything. Yeah. So, um, well, it looks I, cool I, as shit. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> okay. everybody's wanting one. Bruce is getting one made in the shape of uh, Alabama. Oh, that's that's yeah. awesome. Um, the other question is, what is Purple B TV? What is that company? Man, Purple B TV is awesome. Uh, it's a it's a live stream thing, and I'm, I imagine they started doing it. They the were pandemic. scrambling to do it during the pandemic. Yeah. And obviously, if the pandemic was going to last longer or if it happens again, I, I mean, I just say this, not just because I know them. I think they're great guys. Nobody is live streaming and nobody's set up is, it's, it's top notch. Yeah, they're top notch guys. Awesome. It, it blows my mind. If you go, just go look at the Brody Lane, that, that, go look at that. It's the sounds amazing. This, the lights are great. I mean, Madam Radars is good too. Everybody's on there. So, um, we're going to be working a lot together. So awesome. Uh, you know, I'm, I, um, we're in talks about, you know, I produced the Texas music awards, so right, I'm going right. to bring them into that whole picture, uh, as far as doing all the media and audio and video for the awards. Cause I got too much work going on there. I need somebody else to help me cause I got to run the thing. So like, I can't right. worry about like the sound or the videos and right. Right. But, um, they're, they're great guys. And yeah, I, I urge anybody to, uh, Go check out Purple BTV. I'll check them out. I started yeah, following them on go, Instagram. Yeah, go, go check out our Brody Lane show. It's freaking awesome. So. All right. Um, people can find you guys at BrodyLane.net. Uh, check out Baina's Gold, 15 songs, uh, 15 of your best songs. Yeah, man. It's yeah, best congratulations. Stuff. Thank you, man. I love it. Thank you for the Thanks inspiration. For having me. I love, I you, love man. you, Love and you, back. I love you, too. I All right, that was AJ Vallejo from Brody Lane. Their album, Pain is Gold, is available now wherever it is you stream and download music. Get out there and check those, those jams out, man. Nothing like it. Brody Lane's an amazing band. AJ's an amazing dude. Find them at BrodyLane.net. Don't forget that you can see their record release show Saturday, July 29th at Woody's in Bee Cave. That's their big record release. Go to BrodyLane.net to get involved. I want to thank AJ for coming back on the show and being so honest and being so cool and such a great friend. I love you, AJ. Hey gang, don't forget when you're checking out BrodyLane.com or looking up their stuff on Spotify, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you find podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, anywhere you find podcasts, new, new shows every Tuesday and every Friday. Listen gang, once again, I know I've been saying it a lot, but I know we have a lot of subscribers on Stitcher. On August 29th, Stitcher at the podcast app is going away forever. It will no longer be here. So go and subscribe to How Did I Get Here on your favorite platform that is not Stitcher so that when it goes away, you'll still be getting updates about the shows. All right? Do it, man. Follow us. Love us. Have a great weekend. And listen, gang, if you're not doing anything tonight in Austin, come on out to Sound Space at Captain Quackenbush's for the very first How Did I Get Here presents. I will be playing a solo set uh, Leslie Sisson from Moving Panoramas will play a solo set. Aaron Sinclair from A. Sinclair will be playing a solo set. And I will be doing short interviews with them. And one of them will be interviewing me. All right. Have a great weekend, whatever it is you're doing this weekend. Let's get down.
can do But it's the only way that I'm gonna be able to get away from you Damn you, for even think about letting me go You're never gonna find another lover love you like I did before You have